0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this month's episode of Poetic Resurrection. This month, we have Adriana Avila, a licensed therapist and grief educator.
1: Welcome. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to do this podcast with you.
0: Yes, and I thought because it has to do with grief and we are in December, that many people go through grief at this time because they remember the loved ones they remember people that have passed or you know it's a change of life that might be grieving over a life or a career or whatever so how are you an educator and how does that work i mean if someone comes to you and is going through grief what are the steps
1: yes yes thank you sonia So as you mentioned, grief definitely shows up a lot, especially during the holidays. You know, we're grieving the loss of our loved ones. We're grieving, grieving dreams. We're grieving careers. We're grieving the family we wish we would have had, right? We, you know, movies and social media and all sorts of places where the intact family quote unquote, right. And Oftentimes, we're grieving that or we're grieving the holidays we didn't have in childhood. I mean, there's so much grief, you know, happening during this time that it is really important to acknowledge it and talk about it as we're doing in this podcast. Uh, When you talk about steps, you know, grief is organic. It really shows up randomly, Mm -hmm. right? Sometimes out of nowhere, it feels like it really taking it at your pace. And when somebody comes to me, it's I really meet them where they're at.
0: Okay, because one of the things is I'm grieving my parents, even though they haven't passed, but it's like I'm preparing myself for their passing. And it's very challenging.
1: Mm -hmm. The anticipatory grief that you're feeling. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So that is one of the things. Another thing I, I grieved was, I mean, I've grieved passing of friends and stuff like that, but recently it was career. I gave up on a career kind of, and then it started coming back to me. How would you tell somebody out there that's, I know it's all organic and it depends on the person, but what are some of the steps that they can take if they're not going to a therapist? Or, you know, like acknowledging or being more awakened to their emotions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we need to heal it. We need to feel it to heal it. Right. And we need to feel those emotions. We need to sit with those emotions, whatever that means. Right. So that can mean sometimes maybe it shows up in a sense that you're at the grocery store and it just showed up out of nowhere. Right, You're walking down the aisle and you saw some cookies that reminded you of that person, right? Or you're at a pet store and it reminds you of your pet that passed away. So really, you know, sitting with your emotions in the sense of taking it step by step, taking it in a pace that doesn't shock your nervous system. And what do I mean by that is, you know, when when those emotions do show up, we may be afraid of them. Right, It may be confusing. we may feel lost. We may feel an intense sadness show up at that time, mm-hmm. and of course, depending where you're at it'll it'll show up in a different way, and it sometimes acknowledging the sense of you know my grief is showing up right here right now, and yeah. maybe I really miss Mom, or yeah. I really miss my dog, right, or I really miss whomever you are missing at that moment or whatever you're missing at that moment, acknowledging that that is what you're missing at that moment. It's important because our grief needs to be witnessed. Our grief needs to be seen as David Kessler talks about it. You know, it really needs to be, to be acknowledged. And sometimes in those moments acknowledged by us, community is really supportive to our healing and that can mean you know, a person that's your go to that can be a therapist that can be a group that can be whatever you feel, you know, in community, we really heal in community. And, you know, sometimes that's not always easy, right? Because sometimes we may go to people and they don't understand what we're feeling, right? Or they may invalidate us without, you know, being ill intended, but they are uncomfortable with their own grief, or, you know, they don't have the words maybe to to share with us as well, too. So you know really finding that community that gets you, that supports you.
0: I've also found the opposite of that, of someone that won't let go of their grief and you can't talk to them. They, It's the same thing over and over again. And I found myself that I said, you know, at the point that you're feeling, you need to talk to someone professionally because I don't have the not, I could be an ear, but it's the same thing all the time. And I, I can't do anything about it. And so, but I don't want to be dismissive. But there are people that just they don't change. It's the same thing over and over again, and they go into a loop. And I wish that they would get help. And I know a lot of people are fearful of the financial impact mm-hmm. that that might have, because mm-hmm. a lot of them are grieving their jobs that they lost. So it's, yes. you know, it's hard. I know that you got into this grieving process because of your own journey. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: can you tell us a little bit about that? Are you willing to share it?
1: Yes, absolutely. So yes, you know, I fell into to the world of therapy um, without even being aware that this was the path that I was going to take. And it has just unfolded in in such a humbling way, professionally and personally to be able to with my patients, whether it's in group and individually and be present to their grief, be present to what they're experiencing. So it really has unfolded for me. And, you know, my grief journey started early, early on in my life. Grandparents passing away. My grandparent, my paternal grandpa passed away when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I was beyond close to, to him. He He was like a second dad to me, so that hit me really hard. And I went through life not even knowing that, you know, I had I was having grief first, and that I was grieving, you know, you know, milestones when I graduated high school, or when I graduated bachelor's degree, master's degree, or when I had moments to share with him. I didn't understand what was going inside of me and feelings that I was was having. Until I went through my own journey through school and my own therapy and my own groups, and you know, through the grief educator program and you know, grief yoga, that I started connecting deeply to the grief that I had lived throughout the years not only with my grandfather, but friends and my dogs and aunts, and and all my parents have passed away. Um, COVID happened, and then. That 2020, my grandmother passed away, August, 2020. Then two weeks after one of my dogs passed away. And then two weeks after that, my other dog passed away. So that continued to really connect me to to my own grief. And that's where I'm at now. And, you know, through my own journey, I, I felt that this was where I needed to be to deeply connect to my own grief, deeply connects me to my loved ones and you know being support or as a support to others as well too that are going through this experience yeah that I can you know maybe help put to words what they're feeling because sometimes again we come in it's like I feel this I feel like I'm going crazy I feel like I'm in a, on a roller coaster of emotion
0: I have, I have been through that with grief or I mean mine was my cat so it's like- Every, oh, gosh, yes. it was like like when you said two months later i'm like oh my god this happened to me with my pets it's like two months yes. later they all died yes. um from each other but yes. i also have experienced with this is you're just numb
1: yes absolutely and i've gone through those moments of feeling numb when my grandmother passed away and then two weeks after my doggy and then two weeks after that my other dog and you know their names and my I, I like to identify or ask people, you know, names, because, you know, that is really important. So my grandma's name was Elvira, and then my doggy Snuggles, and then my doggie Mufasa passed away. And, you know, back to back, I remember after Mufasa passed away, I had to do something where I felt like there's something else happening outside of this world that I'm this turmoil that I'm living inside of me that... I don't even know what to do with it. I'm crying. I'm laying down. I want to dream. I want to, you know, there's just so much that I was experiencing within that week. I said, I need to go to Target. And I walked to Target. And I remember feeling like I was a zombie. I felt numb. I felt like that place where I love to go, just felt so empty and so numb. And there is compassion for us feeling that numbness because our nervous system to feel that all at once mm-hmm. would be so shocking to our system. Would it be so shocking to our psyche? It would just it it would overwhelm our body. Yeah. So we feel numb. And numb is an emotion that many people feel like I, I feel like I need to be crying. I feel like I need to be yes, you know, sad all the time. Like, why do I feel so numb? Mm-hmm. And you know, we feel numb to protect yeah.
0: us. It's almost like a non-responsive is so much that now it's nothing.
1: Correct. Yeah. 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 One of the things
0: you do is you're grief yoga, you're certified to do that. Now, I've also read the book, you know, The Body Remembers, and grief yoga, I only briefly heard of it. Can you elaborate on what grief yoga actually is?
1: Yeah, so Paul Denniston is the founder of grief yoga, and I came across his work, again, organically, like I have just fallen into this work so magically, in a sense that through my own healing that. I had signed up what I thought I, I love David Kessler's work and a lot of the grief work that I um material that I know of and learn from is from him. So there was a training and I signed up for it. And I thought it was a training. It was a retreat. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's I thought, even better. <laughs> that, exactly. I was like, without even thinking that I was, you know, going to fall into this this deep healing. Again, you know, I go to this retreat. Thinking it's a training. And then, you know, David Kessler makes the announcement and it's a retreat. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm open for this. So it was really healing again. And at that moment, he introduced Paul Dennison, again, which is founder of, of Grief Yoga. I, at that moment, had never even been on a yoga mat. He said, after lunch, we're doing some grief yoga. He's like, okay, I'm open for that. After that, we did the grief yoga, and I had this release in my body that I had, did not even know was in my body. Like, I just felt it as we were doing the moves. And, you know, Paul's work is not about flexibility. It's not about the moves. It's about uh, the emotional liberation. He calls it the compassionate transformation, where you have the awareness of what's happening in your body, where you have the expression of it within your body as well to through moves expressing the anger that sometimes we don't want to talk about it. Sometimes we're done expressing it. So through moves, we're able to express the anger and the sadness and the resentment and the regrets through the movements that he walks you through. And then through connection. So it's awareness, expression and connection. And connecting back to not only ourselves, but the connection to the love for our loved ones. And then he has surrender. So through that compassionate transformation, he has a process where you connect to your body because our body does keep the score. Sometimes it's like, Oh, how come I'm feeling, you know, certain, certain pain and, and especially around dates, right? Maybe the date that you're, grieving or maybe an anniversary or maybe a birthday that's approaching, right? And we start feeling some kind of body sensation. So that is the work that that he does. And then that's how I came across it. And I remember I went to go ask him. I'm like, so how do I share this with with the people that I work with? Because I love to gain knowledge and share Mm -hmm. it with others as well too. And then I engaged in all his his trainings and here I am. I was once told
0: you put in your poetry things that people don't want to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think, like you're expressing now in your journey, the best teachers are the ones that have been through it. Yes. Yeah, not some armchair therapist. You have to feel it. Even if you've never been, like I've never been in an abusive relationship, but I can feel what it's like for someone to be in an abusive relationship. And that was one of my most popular poems because I can feel what someone else is going through. And it was based on someone that I knew. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the best teachers are the people that actually go through it. Mm -hmm. And instead of being angry, learned and said, hey, let me take what I've learned and let me help somebody else. Maybe they don't have to go through what I went through or at least I can walk them through it. I think that that is really fascinating. You know, you're willing to be vulnerable and yet help people.
1: And can you
0: talk about vulnerability and how that relates with grief?
1: Absolutely. Vulnerability definitely shows up in grief, right? Because we are raw. Yeah. We are feeling the feelings. And, you know, in grief, what also shows up is our past experiences. And what I mean by that is our childhood experiences, right, the messages that we received growing up. And what I mean by that is if somebody said, you need to stop crying, you need to toughen up, we don't express anger here, or, you know, it was scary to express anger and grief. Grief's like, uh, I need to feel all of this. And our narrative is like, yeah, but I don't know if it's if it's okay to to feel that. I don't know if it's okay to to show up. So it is a very vulnerable position for us to be in to be able to sit with those emotions that maybe we weren't comfortable expressing even before that. Right. Or we have a certain narrative around it. So definitely vulnerability does show up. Vulnerability in a sense of some people join groups right? Yeah. And they have the vulnerability of, you know, what will I say? Will others judge me, you know, will others judge my grief, will it be too overwhelming? Right? So there's so much that comes with it as well, too. And part of it is like, you mentioned, you know, being able to for me sit with that vulnerability has allowed me to deeply connect to that grief, to deeply connect to my loved ones. I feel like it's like a bridge as I deeply connect with the vulnerability and the grief, it bridges and connects me to that love and my loved ones. Yeah. Or to whatever I'm grieving. Yes. At 35, I had to have a hysterectomy. So that's another grief. The grieving that I won't be able to have children of my own. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can always adopt, you know, and there's grief around that as well too, grieving that I won't be a mother and there's vulnerability in me sharing that right now. And also the sense of that through my grief in that sense, again, I connect to that feeling that I'm feeling the vulnerability to be able to be authentically present with others.
0: Yes. And I know that part of sometimes grieving mm-hmm. is avoidance. I could handle it. I could do this. I could, oh, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and you can't after you, you keep saying that to yourself, but then, you know, realization, you just end up saying, I can't do it on my own.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I need help. I need help. I need support. Yeah. And, you know, again, sometimes we feel vulnerable to ask for that or yeah. sometimes we don't even know what we need in, in that moment. Right. We don't know what kind of help we need. No.
0: You're, you're correct. Yeah. You don't know what kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Because um, I have been on both spectrums of it, mm-hmm. telling myself I can handle it and then just like knowing I have to sit with this in
1: order to get through it. Yeah. And I've been there as well too, especially growing up. You know, part of my, what I've discovered now in the, in through my journey and healing and in adulthood is overworking was my coping tool, was my avoidance. Yeah. I immersed myself in when my grandfather passed away, his name uh, was Jose, when my grandfather Jose passed away, I immersed myself in school, I started being busy with school, I had no idea that's how I was coping, right. And then, you know, go going throughout the years, I, you know, worked a lot, I did this, it became natural. to me. And then I uncovered, oh, Now, being busy was my coping, Mm -hmm. was the way for me to distract myself, was the way for me to go through all those emotions that I was going through. Yeah.
0: I could totally sympathize and know exactly what you're talking about. I was at a job that was stressful. I didn't know it was as stressful as I thought it was. And I ended up leaving for a month. I got operated on my foot. And then I realized I don't want to go back mm-hmm. and everything started coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that's where I got my first poetry book. I needed an outlet yeah. to go to. And so on this podcast, we promote self-healing and self-worth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it through writing, through getting help. And I really like that you do the grief yoga. Tell I, now, I love this one. E M D R. Oh yes, I, I love
1: E M D R. <laughs> yes, I love E M D R as well. So E M D R is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. I know that's a that's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, I came across E M D R organically. Uh, I did E M D R myself, which you know. I noticed the pattern here that what I've done through my healing, I love to learn it to share it with others as well, too. And that's how EMDR came about. And I became trained, I became certified, and I uh, share it with my patients as another tool that I can bring and offer as well, too. And at their pace, if that's something they're Wanting to do, then we do EMDR. Um, it's a process. It's very healing, and I love it because there is a lot of brain science around it, and I love everything that has to do with with neuropsychology. So, definitely something that I love to do. And um, you know, some of my patients that have traumatic um, you know experiences with uh, death, as well too it and I, that's how one of them was for me as well too uh the my doggie was really traumatic uh the last mufasa and the trauma that i was experiencing you know was in a sense blocking my grief and once i was able to um through emdr process that portion of it the grief floodgate opened for me So it was really healing in that sense, too, that through that, I was able to then open the gates for grief to show up in that sense. So it's, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: It really, it really is. And, you know, I've also done EMDR. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But now, when it comes to going back to the yoga, Mm -hmm. what kind of moves are done in this, you know, the um, grief yoga? Because I've done yoga, but I don't know which what constitutes grief yoga.
1: Yeah, so in in grief yoga, there isn't, you know, you could do it in a chair, you can do it on a mat, you can do it standing, it's your choice. And, or, you know, you can go back and forth. Part of the moves that uh, Paul incorporates is and that I, you know, that I learned from him and that I incorporate is You know, maybe connecting to the awareness of maybe, you know, start by settling into what's happening in your body right here, right now. Right. Maybe you lift your shoulders up and down and just begin to connect to your shoulders as you lift your shoulders up and down, Mm -hmm. starting to warm up your body. Maybe it's some neck rotations, right? Maybe you're moving your neck side to side, or maybe you're rotating your neck around. Um, maybe some spinal twists, right? So maybe you're twisting to one side, maybe the other. So those kind of those kind of moves that are gentle, Mm -hmm. in your body and that don't require much flexibility. And as we're doing the moves, there's also talking around. So there's one where it's releasing the why, because we often have the why. Why did I get laid off? Why did my partner break up with me? Why did my mom have to pass away? Why? So we have the why's and we don't always have an answer or a satisfying answer. And often the why shows up when we're feeling really powerless. And so we want to know an answer. We want to know what happened. We're trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that, you know, my friend passed away it doesn't make sense, right? So I'm trying to make sense of the why. So part of the move is releasing the why. And that is, you know, lifting your arms up, and just saying why? And just keep going, why? And as you're lifting your arms up, just to the sky, why and saying why you feel a release happening. And then there's another move to release anger or resentment or regrets or anything that you're holding on to he calls it breaking the chains so you put one arm above the other and then whatever you want to break away from let's say you want to break away from the um you know anger that I'm feeling about whatever it is so you you have one arm above the other and then you release the what the you break the chain and then you just you just release it. And he engages breath and movement and sound again, because that is a lot of way to express it. So as you're breaking the chains, and releasing that anger, you just go like, ah, and just releasing that. And it allows you to yell it out. There's also one uh, called pounding the pillow. So if you have a pillow or something and just pounding it out, just pounding, pounding, whatever you're so angry at or resentful or frustrated and just punching the pillow. Again, there's just a sense of release with that. So and sometimes I tell people, hey, if you need to throw a tantrum, you know, where you are in your space, and you feel safe in your your home or wherever, you know, in in your space that you feel comfortable, and you need to just stomp and jump up and down and punch at the air and just ah go you know <laughs> yell it out grunt it out whatever it is because sometimes that is the emotional release that we need yeah sometimes we don't even need to say I'm angry or I feel angry or we don't we need to say that sometimes it feels like I just need to yell it out I just need to grunt I just right. need to say ah I'm so angry that now my parents not here you know that now I have to do this and now there's yeah, absolutely way to express it. So those are some of the moves and some of the
0: ways. That's amazing. I mean, when you're talking, I'm like, oh, I remember that's why I took kickboxing.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I got um, my gloves and I loved it. I did it. It was an incredible workout. I, I just wanted to, like, crash after it. <laughs> but I remember the uh, the instructor saying, you know what's good about you? You don't. You're not afraid to hit. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm here because I want permission to hit.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I love that you use permission, Yeah. right? We need to give ourselves permission. Yes. Permission yeah. to hit, permission to be in our grief, permission to cry, permission to say no to an outing because we don't feel like going. Exactly. Because we want to, you know, just be permission too. I love that you brought up that, that statement permission to kick. Yes, kick yeah. it out. Yeah, kick I wanted out. to
0: really hit something. And yeah, I, I know me, I'm not going to hit a person. But of I course. wanted to hit something. And there yeah. in kickboxing, I have permission to hit things.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, like and to said, the backs,
0: a, the, sometimes yeah, I back hit no. you back. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and that is, you know, whatever your outlet is, have an outlet it's much needed because if not, it gets stored in our body and, you know, in our, it just, it, it gets stored in our grief needs to be expressed because grief is connected to our memories and our love and all the experiences that we've had with our loved ones. I mean, and sometimes we, we won't grieve, you know, we'll grieve the, maybe we wish we we're grieving, maybe a parent we wish we would have had. Right. Maybe our relationship wasn't that loving, nurturing relationship. Right. But we're grieving the fact that that's what I would have wanted from my parent, or that's what I would have wanted from my partner. But having permission to really express it. And again, whatever your outlet is, for me, it was running. Mm. I ran so fast (laughs) and now I run 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, whatever it is that involves running to honor. My loved ones so I do I do um certain runs to honor certain people in in my life depending on the run that I'm doing so oh,
0: I yeah. wish I was more like you I can't run I walk <laughs> yeah. fast I used to sprint but hey and walking
1: <laughs> yes walking is an outlet kicking it out drawing whatever it is that your outlet is, you know, find what works for you, because it's not a one size fits all, right? Like what works for me may not work for somebody else, or it may, right? Or, you know, again, grief is so unique to us. And there's not a one size fits all, it's not linear, there's not stages, although there is, you know, within the books that we'll read, there are, it's a guide, in a sense, but there's not, you know, a way to this is what's happening now. And this is what's happening next, because it shows up so organically, it just shows up.
0: Yeah. And I think that you are a true example of what is, when the student is ready, the teacher will come.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: you know, and it is so true, because when I've gotten into certain things, um, and especially this podcast, I nobody knew who I was. And I went out and I asked some well-known people, would you do the pot? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. I go, oh, okay, then I'm supposed to be doing this. Yes. yes. You know, I'm and- supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be reaching out. So in closing, yes. what would you like to tell the audience if they are grieving or they just need help? What are, is your advice, if you have any, or some last minute thoughts that you would like to share with the audience?
1: You know, you're not alone, although it feels at times we're very alone. It feels very isolating, like we're on an island alone. Again, at your pace, at your time, take it one step at a time. My grandma used to say, un día a la vez, which means one day at a time. And that's how oftentimes I will remind myself, one day at a time, one step at a time. One breath at a time, whatever works for you, take it at your pace. Grief is organic. It will show up. Grief bursts will show up. For me, the deeper I connected to that, the deeper I connected to my healing, the deeper I connected with others, and we need that connection in grief because we feel so disconnected. It is. It's a rupture in our relationship or a rupture in a career, et cetera. So yeah. Find what connects you at your pace.
0: Right. Because it feels like sometimes you've had the the rug pulled out from under you.
1: Because you don't know how
0: to be stable anymore. You just. exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your world turns upside down and it feels like shattered glass on the floor. You're trying to pick up the pieces one step at a time. So really taking it, taking it in a very compassionate way with yourself. Being very kind and gentle with yourself through this process that it's a really rough, rough time, of course, to, to feel all those feelings and allowing yourself compassionately to connect to, to that grief.
0: And I think that's a really key word, self-compassion, because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. Like, I should be over this. I should get over it. If I talked about it, I should be over it. And it, it can take as long as it's going to take.
1: And I love that you bring that up as we're closing, Sonia, because I've heard that a lot. People come into my office and, like, Adriana, it's been two years. It's been three years. So and so told me that I should have been over it. We don't get over grief. You don't just wake up one day and, like, oh, I don't miss, you know, my loved one or I don't miss my pet or I don't know. Like, I mean, how can. We'd be asked to move. How can we be asked to get over something like that? Grief will be with us throughout our lifetime. It will walk alongside with us. It will transform. It won't be as painful. Yes, it feels really painful, especially at the beginning. It does have a, a transformation to it. And it will be with us in our heart. It will be with us, walking alongside us. It's not something to get over. It's not like it's a cold. You don't get over it.
0: Yeah, it's very true. Because, I mean, I always told myself too, it's like, oh, it's been so many years to get over it. And I was being unkind to myself.
1: Be gentle and sit with your
0: your grief. I want to thank you so much for being on Poetic Resurrection. I will put your contact information in the notes. Mm -hmm. Do you have a specific web address that you would like people
1: to contact you on? Um, I'm on different sites, so I am on the David Kessler site. so if you go there you'll find me there. I am um, I'll send my actual uh, site and I am starting an Instagram doesn't have a lot of information yet, but it will have a lot of information coming up as well too. and it's called Grieving I am. So I will give you all of that information, Sonia and I so. Thank you. And I'm so grateful for having me and having this podcast because it's so needed and thank it's you. valuable information. So I thank you and appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection podcast available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at poeticresurrection.com for the latest information and updates.